Howdy folks, Cormac Walsh here from Bass Fishing Ireland and you're very welcome to the Lure Fishing Podcast. In episode 6, I'm delighted to say I had a great chat with John Quinlan. John is a bass guide based in Kerry in Ireland and he has years of experience bass fishing. In this chat, we talk all things bass fishing and John has some really interesting information. He gives some great advice about tactics and technique. He really is a wealth of knowledge. I really hope you'll enjoy this as much as I did. And thanks again for your continued support. Please like and share and subscribe to the channel. Okay, John, uh, great to chat to you today. Thanks very much for joining me. How have you been keeping? Yeah, not too bad, Cormac. Keeping all right. I'm not much bass fishing yet this year, I'm afraid. Please, I'm not in Ireland. I had a, a few days in Portugal back in January, all right, but... I haven't really tried too hard in yeah. Ireland yet. Yeah, yeah, same here, same here. I try, I try to get out over the winter when I can, but um, but you know, between weather and whatnot, uh, the chances have been few and far between. But yeah. I'm kind of hopeful maybe towards the end of this month. Um, when do you usually kind of get going yourself? Well, I mean, to be honest, I would feel confident in in if the conditions were suitable in catching bass any time January, February, and March even. If you got suitable conditions, I think we probably have a, a stock of bass in the winter that you mightn't have maybe in the southeast and the east coast. Um, so, uh, but but from a guiding point of view, these days I don't start until April. I used to start around St Patrick's Day, but the, we've we've had a succession now for almost a decade. I'd say cold springs, yeah. and I'd rather not be bringing people from any distance to come down if you know we get weather well like we currently have. We, snow and sleep so april's probably soon enough to start when you would expect to be catching fish most times you go out yeah yeah it's a, it's kind of a bit hit and miss really in march isn't it yeah it, it it can be especially i mean if you're you know living in an area yourself and you get the right conditions then yeah you catch fish but if you know if, if i'm inviting people or encouraging people to come and you don't get those conditions then it can be it can be hard work um, I mean, even April sometimes can be can be tough if you get cold weather. Last year, the spring was particularly difficult. It didn't really, it didn't really fire until June, really. To be honest with you, when it was when we saw numbers of fish. In fact, it was, I was a bit worried that that you know our bass were gone, or you know, compared because the year before had been so good all the way through and right into late autumn. Um, but but then suddenly we got some warm weather in June and. The fish were in all their usual spots and in good numbers, so and that continued right through until, well, I finished guiding around the middle of November. So, yeah, yeah, it's interesting you say that. It was kind of the same with me up here in Wexford that it was kind of a bit slow to get going, and it didn't. To be honest with you, it didn't really kick off that well for me last year compared to previous years. I don't know. Was it the same with yourself? How how would you find that the fishing was in general last year? Yeah, last year, I mean, I was happy enough with it. The year before, for whatever reason, was excellent. It was is the best it had been for at least five years, if not ten. Um, so I had very high expectations of last year, um, based on the year before, and finding you know numbers of reasonable sized fish regularly. You know, at least once a week, you get into a decent shoal of fish. Um, last year. It was a bit harder. We had to work a bit harder for them. Yes, there were times when we did find them in in good number, but you know, a lot of days we were just happy to get get a few fish. You know, as long as everybody got a fish or two, you were happy. 
Um, I'm not quite sure why that was. I mean, every year is different weather-wise, you know, temperature-wise, food-wise, you know, the beef and everything. It's hard to tell, but yeah, it was it was okay. It, it it improved. It just got better and better. There was some very nice fish around in October, November, um, in in yeah in places that I hadn't sort of fished or conditions I hadn't fished before. Excellent. Yeah, we just had a chat before, I suppose, and as we said, like you know, it, things change with the bass, don't they? You know, you might think you have yeah, a place yeah, sussed yeah. or you have their habits sussed, but they 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 continuously change every year, and you have to go and figure it all out again. And I suppose that's kind yeah, of the good yeah. thing about bass yeah. fishing, really. It kind of keeps you keeps you on your toes. Yeah, I mean, I would have um, come from a trout fishing background. Um, I grew up in Tipperary, not too far from the River Shore, and you know, grew up fishing for trout. And, um, you know, you realize when you fish for trout that that you have to be very specific in how to catch them. They can be on a very particular fly and you have to present it perfectly. And these are those trout are only maybe three or four years old or whatever, and they can be very hard to catch. Um, and I think I use a bit of that with bass, really, that, that I think there are lots of times when we're fishing when bass are around and we're just not doing what we expect. Um, and I think and I, I started using an underwater camera, one of these water wolves last year, and it was interesting the number of times where there were big numbers of fish uh, and we caught nothing. Yeah. You know, only, only when you looked at the footage afterwards on the camera, and sometimes it could be several days before I'd get around to looking at the footage, you realize that there was actually a big shoal of fish there. And, you know, and we thought we were doing all the right things, but obviously we weren't, or at least the fish didn't like what we were showing them. Yeah, it's very interesting you say that. Um, a friend of mine had some footage there he had on a camera that he just went back to have a look at. One day he was out in the boat and towing a lure behind the boat and didn't get any fish that day or any bass anyway. And when he went back to look at the footage, I'd say there was probably 30 bass following his lure and none of them committed to it. And, you know, you'd have thought that there was no fish around at the time yeah. or any bass around but i just couldn't believe the amount of bass that were following his lure it was and, yeah. and it, none of them none of them came up to have a go at it they were just following it behind and inquisitive but they weren't interested in taking so yeah i definitely think a lot of times we go down and we're blanking and we think oh there's no fish there but there's a big chance that there is fish there they're just not in the mood yeah, yeah i think it's that's you know for that reason i think it's very important to tried lots of different things i mean even when i fish myself which i don't get the chance to do a lot these days but i would cycle through at least half a dozen different styles of lure uh, in a very short space of time you know a few casts change few casts change few casts change um try different speeds different depths and often you will one of those will produce fish whereas if you just go with your favorite lure that's worked for you before and cast it out yeah it'll it'll catch you some fish but there are many times when, when you'll blank and if you tried something slightly different, um, and it's not always the most exact lure or the most beautiful lure, sometimes it's just it's speed, you know, sometimes just sticking a metal lure on and whacking it out really, really quick, even in calm gear conditions, will get you a fish where twitching a soft plastic along might not, you know, and the other way around as well, but you've got to try them all. You never you never know. Yeah, it's that's interesting, yeah, because, like, I myself am guilty of just sticking with the one lure that you know, you know your favorite lure that you've got fish on and you know, look, it's, if I'm going to get fish, I'm going to get on this lure and you persist oh. with it and, you know, sometimes I'm very reluctant to change, but, but you know, I don't catch anything 
you know yeah. so if you <laughs> if you do change you know um you're giving yourself a better opportunity to, as, as yeah. we say they might not be in the mood to take the lawyer thrown out for them but if you're if you're yeah. putting something different on you might kind of entice them into taking something yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, you know, having your tackle, having your lure box set up that you can access those kind of lures you want quickly and easily, even if you're out in a rock or wading deep and, you know, having lure clips that are easy to change, you're much more likely to do it, you know, to, to change if it's easy and if they're all there with you. So I think that's, a, you know, an important point as well to, to have your tackle set up that it's quite easy. To change. And even leader strength, I mean, I could tell you many stories about, well, one, one very quick one. Uh, with a group of anglers, actually it was with Henry Gilby, a group of anglers. We had been out pollock fishing, 25, 30 pound leader, you know, catching pollock. They didn't seem to be too leader shy. Um, we timed it so we'd hit a particular reef coming up to high tide. Uh, a lot of the guys in the group, they we told them to change the leader to about 15 pound, but it was one young guy and we just literally caught and everybody started fishing. There was a nice shoal of fish there. Uh, everyone was catching, getting follows, you know, landing fish. Apart from the guy, and we couldn't work, we'd forgotten we hadn't changed his leader. We couldn't figure out why he wasn't catching and he was using the same lures. And then we realized, and literally the first cast after he changed his leader down to, you know, 15 pound fluorocarbon, he got that. That's really interesting. Was, I wonder, it, it, was, it, was, was it the fact that, out, you know? was it the fact that you think the lure wasn't being presented kind of properly, or what do you think? Um, how, how was well, that affecting it, do you think? Uh, Again, back to our trout fishing, you know, and I know we're not talking about trout fishing, but but if you go to the river pure in Tipperary and, uh, you know, you put on the perfect fly, the fish are feeding on blue-winged olives, you can see them feeding on it, you put on a blue-winged olive on 12-pound leader, you will catch absolutely nothing. You will right. catch no fish. If you put on 8-pound leader, you'll catch nothing, 6-pound leader, but if you go down to about 2-pound leader, you'll catch fish. It's 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 you know it's reasonable to assume that 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 bass may behave in certain conditions at least in 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 similar ways you know I think it would be foolish to think they're not aware of the leader now it could be like you say it may be that they do or they don't see the leader or it could be that that you, the lure moves differently on a lighter leader yeah I think it's yeah probably a bit of both I don't think it's just one I think it could be a bit of both that 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 your your lure moves um, much more freely and naturally on a on a lighter leader yeah that's a great observation there and i know the guys who you know yourself you probably did as well like some of the guys bait fishing and whatnot and even the competition anglers like some of them will drop down to really really light snoods when they're fishing yeah, yeah. Um, I've especially pounds. i've seen some of the guys fishing uh, match fishermen down there in, in in matches and you know whereas a lure angler would almost never dream of going that light but you know yeah just to, cases, just to present in, in uh, certain circumstances you can't it's too dangerous in case you hook a big fish but um it can it can make a difference i mean another another quick anecdote from a good number of years ago now 12 or 14 years ago uh i was guiding three fly anglers we'd been mullet fishing some guys came to do an article for a dutch magazine on mullet fishing um we caught our mullet uh we came back to the cottage there was a little bit of time to kill before lunch so we went to a a mark that I thought, you know, should hold some fish. It was worth a try. Uh, two of the guys, without me even mentioning it, changed to the normal leader you'd use with fly fishing about, I think, 12 or 15 pounds. One of the guys didn't do anything until we got there and then said, oh, well, should he change? And I said, the truth is, there's no snag. It was really clean ground. I said, you know, we, were, we didn't have a lot of time to spare. I said, just tie a fly on. 
right, the three guys, one of them caught nothing, one of them caught one, and the guy with the three-pound eater or whatever it was caught 23. Wow, that's a, now, that's a really now, good experiment. Now, now, you know, uh, you might call that anecdotal, but that is just, the difference was incredible. Fishing over, it was a shoal, mainly schoolies, so two-pounders, and we couldn't, you know, they were, they were all fishing very similar flies. In fact, two of them were fishing identical flies. I'm not suggesting we open on two-pound leader because we're going to leave a lot of lures and fish, but I think in certain conditions in calm, clear water in the summer, you know, maybe 10-pound would be, would be reasonable. Uh, might be a bit slow to go less than that, now, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really interesting. It's not something I would have considered an awful lot, leader to yeah. leader um, diameter or strength or what. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's really interesting that, actually, yeah. Um, I know I was talking to Grant Woodgate there, last, last chat we had, and he... He kind of has kind of pre-prepared leaders of different, I suppose, diameters when he goes out on his trips. So sometimes he'll drop down to a lighter leader if he needs it, or he'll have a heavier one if he needs yeah. it as well. So yeah, it's definitely something to and be really think, thinking it, about. I think it depends on the on the conditions and where you're fishing. I mean, I did actually fish some of the ground that Grant's fished back in January. You have to have a heavy leader. You simply yeah. have to have. You're better off not catching these fish if you don't, because you're fishing in around jagged rocks and big waves and the possibility of big fish we didn't get any but you know nothing really big anyway um but there you have to whereas you know sometimes in ireland where you fish in extreme mouths or even in estuaries themselves or in open beaches where you know you, you know you don't have to bully your fish and you can land quite big fish on on, on relatively light leader you know so it depends on the on the, the area you're fishing in as well in some areas you just in in certain conditions you have to fish a heavy leader. You just have to, even if if it means you catch as many fish, you simply have to. It's not fair to hook particularly, a, you know, a big old bass and leave a lure in them. No, no, especially or, when or you're fishing over rough ground. That, you know. Look, it'll happen to everyone. Every angler, we've all lost fish. You know, like broken. We've tied bad knots in, a, in an angling career. It happens to everyone. But I think it, you know, it, we really should try our best not to have it happen if we can help it at all. You know. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of, you know, you are asking for trouble if you are using a light leader, especially over rough yeah. ground and stuff like that, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. you're going to be broke off, like. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, it, like, talking about that too, but I mean, there's times in, in the autumn in, in uh, you know, big swells, you know, waves over rocks, I'd use 25-pound leader and have no problem and don't, you know, in, in rough white water and strong currents, I don't think the fish have time to look at it. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I've gone up as far as even 30 pound leader sometimes, you mm. know. Um, yeah, I, I you, as you said yourself, you're better off, you know, if you're putting yourself in a position where you have a chance of getting a big fish, why take that, you know, why take the risk of yeah. losing it on a, on a, so. on a weak, uh, light leader? Yeah. And what about lower color, John? Do you, um, do you kind of look much look, into that or do you, what do you, what's your opinion I, I, on that? Look, I, uh, a lot of white lures, I think, you know, day and night. Um, it's funny, actually, for um, uh, after going to America for a number of years where it was predominantly night fishing and where, where Americans used black lures, I came back and, and done the same thing in Ireland. Uh, a good number of years when night fishing was just, just beginning to become night, lure fishing at night was just beginning to become popular and used black and codfish. And then spoke to other anglers who were using white. And to be honest with you, when I fished with them or around them, they were catching more than me. You know, not all the time, but enough of the time to make me think that 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 white definitely works, whether it's 
better and in the dark I'm talking about. Yeah. Whether it's better, it did seem to be. But during the day, um yeah, not the natural colours. If the water is very clear, I would try and fish a lure that's as realistic as possible generally. Particularly if you're fishing very calm water in around rocks where the bass aren't particularly active. They may they're probably not even fish feeding, they're probably feeding on crab. And I think um they're probably not in in chasing mode. So I think something nice and easy, easy that looks like a little bait fish. Something natural color looking. Other. Something natural, yeah, natural colors. I think I'd like, you know, uh, sort of olive and white or, you know, those um, light browns and tan colors, I think. Um, and then at, at the other side of that then would be in very colored water, you know, after a storm or whatever, bright chartreuse and stuff, I think definitely helps. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. I'm a big fan of kind of normal, um, natural colours, especially during the day. Um, but yeah, like you said, white at night. But again, I use a kind of a shallow diving lure at night a lot, and it's a kind of a bora, yeah. bora design, bora colour. Um, yeah. And it's 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 great. You know, it works really well most of the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I'll swap it around. I have white versions as well, and sometimes I'll swap around. But either black or white i don't really know if the color matters i you know uh, yeah, we, yeah it's hard to know but uh, it works it works for me so i'll keep on doing it yeah i think having confidence you know i mean if you believe something's going to work then you keep casting and keep casting and sometimes there's nights and days when the fishing is easy it doesn't happen often enough as a guide i'm afraid but but it is important to just keep clearing the water to be honest even if you just cast it out if you're really really tired just leave it there it's still better than having it on the bank, you know. I've done that with soft plastics where you sort of lose no hope, you cast it out and just do nothing and look around and that'll be, a fish will yeah. pick it up. Leave it you out know, there, yeah, keep yeah. Keep it in the water and keep, if you're going fishing for two hours, keep your lure in the water. And particularly if you have a particular state of tide that you like on a mark, make sure, as a matter of, if your friends come by or whatever, chest them later, keep your lure uh, in the water at that time and you're going to catch a lot more fish if you do. Yeah, that's a great, great tip there, actually. Yeah. In fairness, you know, you're not, you know, uh, we have, you know, there's a lot of time when I'll be fishing, like maybe and you might take the lure out of the water, you might just get a break for yourself, or you might just have a dangling there, you know, thinking of what you're going to use next or whatnot. But as you said, with a soft plastic, fling it out, you can leave it sitting okay, there on the yeah. bottom or yeah. you can, you know, give it a, give it a bit of, you know, give it a couple of jerks every now and again, maybe bring it back towards you slowly. Um, yeah, but yeah. the fish, yeah, the fish will spot so it. Sorry, so much experimentation still to be done. I know a lot of anglers do a lot of different things, but I still think there's so many different methods and styles can be used and taken from from other species. You know, like well, like uh, striped bass in America, but even fish like perch. You know, methods that can work for bass. That that you know, I think people who only get to fish, you know, a few days a month or whatever, are they're very slow at experimenting because they only get a few days and they want to give themselves the best shot, you know, but I think if we're to learn more about fishing for bass, we need to not put on our favorite lure all the time and, you know, try something completely different. I think a lot of things, things like drop shotting, um, I think some of these Ned rigs that they use for, for perch fishing yes. have a lot of potential, particularly summer and, you know, it's, it's different. You get lovely surfing, you know, September, October, then that's fine. You're going to catch bass, they're feeding, there's, you know, but I mean, there's times in the early summer um, and even in the late spring when bass are feeding on crab on the reef. I think, you know, something that, that teases them that, you know, they don't have to work too hard for can catch you a lot more fish. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really interesting as well when you kind of try something, when you have something in your own mind that you want to try that's a little bit out of the ordinary and it works for you. Um, it's very satisfying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, all of the methods we use now, are, you know, the soft plastics at night that we use and even the things like the plastic sort of live sticks fishing on reefs, they only happen because somebody tried it. I mean, I remember fishing on, on some of the reefs in Waterville Bay and as soon as the weed came you left you went off somewhere else as soon as the loose weed i mean was washed back in high tide even though you were catching fish you couldn't fish and then you know i remember one had a weedless soft plastic in my bag for about three years never used it didn't yeah. know how to use it and we put that on i think i had some italians i was diving for and cut fish it away because it went through the weed well that only happened because you try something different and i, I mean i didn't if somebody had done that long before me i, I was very slow catching on to it but i, I think there are a lot of new things to try. And I, I think also, you know, the bat in your area, a percentage of them do get caught, particularly in Ireland, where we have a lot of catch and release, and they do learn. So I think, you know, trying a different lure, something, I think if they've been caught on a surface lure, they're probably slow to take that again, or a particular plug. You know, it's it's reasonable to think that I, they do learn. I mean, other fish do, so does, you know, bass are a long-lived fish. There's no reason to think that they don't learn. So sometimes, um trying a you know something something new yourself just you know just uh, look on on youtube at different methods for different species and you might find something that'll work you know yeah i agree with you there in relation to the bass learning like i mean and i kind of you know i've gone away from kind of you know before you might go down to a spot and you could you know there's some sometimes some spots you could have you know fish after fish 20 fish 30 fish in a session and I kind of began thinking to myself, uh, this is this is not a good idea because you're you're firing out the same lure, you're hooking an, an awful lot of fish in the same spot day after day. The fish are going to kind of cop onto something, you know. They're going to yeah, get yeah. wise to it. They're they're going to become wary of it, and that's what happens. Yeah. And sometimes I find when you fire out something completely different, a completely different lure, um, you know. You'll get, you'll get, you'll get, um, you'll get them back again. But yeah, yeah. Um, they, I think they just become, they become wary after a while if you overfish. Uh, a yeah, particular I think area. so. I mean, it's you know whether whether we agree or disagree about how fish feel pain or whatever. It's it's you know there's no denying it's a sort of a traumatic experience for a bass to be caught even if he's put back within a few minutes. Yeah. Um, and you know he's not really enjoying. He's unlikely to do it again just for the fun of it. So if a certain lure in a certain way, if he takes that and he's back there the following day or a week later, you know, he's probably unlikely to to do it all over again. You know, other fish don't and, you know, trout definitely wouldn't. They can be caught again, but often quite a while later and you have to do things slightly differently. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I what I tend to do now, I go down to a spot. OK, I know there's some fish there. I'll catch I'll catch a couple of fish um, and then, you know, I know, OK, there's fish there. I'll I'll. I leave this and I go off somewhere else and try and and work another spot, you know, instead of staying yeah. there for the session and flogging it for the session, you know. So yeah, I mean, that, that, like, that works for boats as long as there aren't an awful lot of other anglers around. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. If you're in yeah. a heavily fished area, which I'm not, in fairness, but if you're in a heavily fished area and you think, well, if I now there'll be another guy here in an hour and uh, or half an hour, or five minutes, and and he won't walk away, then. But yeah, it's a nice position to be in that you can just leave, which I have done myself. Whether you can. Yeah. yeah, just either just deliberately experiment just to try every, you know, the, lure, the your box that you never catch with, um, or like you say, just leave them alone and try somewhere else. 
Yeah, and look, and you know, another thing is if someone, you know, someone, the other hand, if someone sees you going to a spot all the time, you know, they're obviously going to put two and two together and say, well, you know, he's obviously getting fish there. I'm going to go there next time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's sometimes it's a good idea to not not fish those spots too too regularly. Yeah, yeah. I would I would try. Well, as a guide, I'd try not to keep hitting the spots at the same time. I think if you do fish, you know, a, a rock mark or reef, a beach, an estuary, whatever, um, all the time, you will those fish will you'll catch what's to be caught, and the rest of them will get wary. I'd try and give it, you know, a week or two weeks before going back to the same spot if I could. Um, if, if that suited, depending on the, the kind of customers I had, how mobile they were, you know, their uh, you know, fishing ability. Sometimes you might have to because people just aren't able to wade or go on rocks. But I would try and leave an area alone. Um, and there isn't an awful lot of angling sure where I live. So often these places that I fish, it's quite possible they wouldn't be fished until I go back there again. Some of them would, but a lot of them wouldn't be. Um, and I think it's a good idea to let the fish get a little bit of confidence back yeah yeah know. definitely yeah and tell me john how is the guiding looking for for the season ahead when you, ah, when you kick starting it's, it it's good yeah i think the first customers there's a couple coming i think the first or second of april um yeah we're lucky i've been 23 years i think this year um brilliant, so brilliant. we have lots of business really you know we're oversubscribed pretty much all the time so we have a waiting list yeah, um, and I, I, I was so. even talking to Henry about it there, and I noticed that a lot of your, you know, clients are returning customers, which speaks for yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's, it, it makes the job a lot easier as well, because you need to prove that people are coming back because they've enjoyed their experience, and you've, you know, produced the goods for them before, so it takes the pressure off of it, where sometimes if you've got somebody for the first time, particularly if it's a very short stay, just one day or something like that, it's not, you know, no matter how good you are, you know, we've got a reasonable bass in Ireland, but it's not big enough that you can produce fish every single day, all day, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, you, well, with bass anyway, some other species, maybe you can, pollock and yeah. mullet and stuff like that would be a bit more predictable. But with bass, there are fabulous days. But, you yeah. know, there are some days when it just, no matter how hard you work, they're just hard to find, you know. Yeah, and some days, you know, you could have a great day. I'm sure you've seen it many times. You could have a great day, mm. and then you go down to the same spot the next day expecting great things again, and nothing. They're not there, yeah. And the other thing is, I because I'm guiding, I will be fishing every tide, you know. So it's you know, there's times you know certain tides, certain times a year will yeah. produce, and invariably, 19 out of 20 times, literally, if not more, they will produce. Um, but that's fine for the, the lucky customers that are there on those places and those tides. But but there are times when, you know, it's the doldrum in the middle of July and it's bright sunshine and it's a really small neat tide. And it's some of those days when, as a guide, if I come up with a couple of bass for people, if I, if I, I feel much more satisfied than people hammering bass on a perfect tide in late September or October when conditions are perfect and beautiful everywhere. It's easy to catch bass then, you know, that's not a challenge. The challenge is getting one or two for somebody when everything's against you, you know. Yeah, That's yeah, it is very, it's, it's very satisfying when things are tough, yeah, and you kind of manage to, you manage to eke a fish or two out of it, like it, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's more rewarding, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And tell me, so if somebody's thinking about going with you, John, what's, what's kind of involved in, in your sessions? What, what, what should people expect? All right, well, it, we, depending on time of year, and for instance, in the spring, 
Uh, it was April and into May, I would rarely do early mornings because the bats don't seem to be very active early morning, um, unless it's particularly warm, really unseasonably warm. The mornings, the, the fishing would be more afternoon and evening. Okay. Um, so, so it wouldn't, you wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be dragging you out of bed or whatever that early. But, but at certain states of the tide, we, you, we'd, I'd want to fish hard, you know, like literally keep casting, keep casting, keep casting, um, because it wouldn't, it won't be a particularly long day. Um, we'll be out and we'll do different things and because it's not just bass as well you know i do a bit of fishing to see for sea trout and for mullet and pollock and things like that as well so we'd fit a bit fitted in around that um but then through the summer months it would yeah be a good you know a lot of early mornings um or or late nights depending i think i find it in like late june and july the mornings are too early, so it's it's like because I still have to sort of live a life as well. It's not yeah, like I'm yeah. in myself, so I'd rather go late. So if you go out at night in in July, you go out at you know don't head out till eleven o'clock, and you know fish for an hour and a half. If you're catching fish, you stay going. If you get back at two in the morning or three in the morning, even well, you can still have a little bit of a sleep. You're not too bad. Whereas if you go out at two thirty in the morning to start your day, it's a long day. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah. So um, and then the autumn could be could be a bit of either. We would yeah, nighttime fishing, I suppose. Um, you know, I like the nights because conditions improve generally the later it gets, as in it's getting darker and dark, darker. Whereas sometimes in the summer the mornings are so short that if you initial, you know, spend a little bit too long at the cottage drinking coffee and chatting before you leave, yeah, you can miss that magic moment. And I do love that bit, that sort of half an hour where the sun comes up. That first bit of blue light is magic. But it's very short. You it know, is, and it's, it's easily, easily miss it. If you misjudge your driving or something like that, or you're held up a little bit, or you need to tie a new leader or something. Or stay, in, stay in bed that extra 20 minutes. I've, I've done it many very, a time myself. Very easy done. Yeah, it's very easy done. At night, you're a bit late going out. Well, it doesn't matter. It's probably a good thing. Um, and we would, I mean, I would expect to catch fish during the day, and the truth is, the majority of fish are still caught during daylight hours. Um, so a lot of. We'd, I'd move a lot in the day. I, would, okay. I mean, there's times literally where you'd go to a spot. If I didn't think it looked right, we'd be gone in minutes. Sometimes, you know, if, if, even though it was a good mark and the tide was right, if it just didn't look like there was any life there, then then I'd move on again very quickly. So, you know, I, I've been even covering a lot of ground. I mean, a lot of the time when you catch bass, you catch them very quickly at the starting. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, straight away. Sometimes they're there waiting for you, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. And especially when you have, I'm sure you have plenty of kind of spots and marks. You have them dialed, yeah, yeah. dialed in, as I say. And yeah, I kind of know. Yeah, apart from each other either. So, I mean, some spots literally might only be 10 minutes away walking or five minutes driving or, you know, it might be a bit, a bit further, but... You know, I think by covering lots of spots, that's definitely... So it means people have got to walk a bit and we're in and out of the car and, you know, but it, it, it definitely ups your odds, I think. I, I get bored myself of just standing in a rock and casting for hours with nothing doing, so I'd rather... There's always that level of excitement when you get to a new mark and with that first couple of casts, you know. Yeah, you're kind of expecting, um, expecting to get something. And yeah. I, I know with marks here, like I, I, I'm kind of a bit impatient, I suppose, these days. And, you know, as you were saying, I get down to a mark at a particular time you have it put together you know you know it should produce um when you get down there i'd stay there for maybe sometimes i might only give it 15 minutes and if there's no fish yeah. there in the first whatever dozen casts um i'm gone on to another mark now okay yeah. if i stayed there for an hour or two or three there's a good there's a chance it might happen on something but um but 
a lot of time I tend not to waste too much time there. I go somewhere else and I go somewhere else. I keep going until I hit the fish, but it doesn't yeah. always work. And sometimes you'll get to your mark and you'll get a fish first or second cast and they're there straight away, you know. That's the yeah. ideal. Um but it's it's I suppose you're lucky that you have plenty of options down there. You can you can mark hop as such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we can. I mean, I suppose most places in Ireland would be would be like that. Obviously, there are some very well-known marks maybe on the south coast and stuff where it might not be as easy, but generally around us. I mean, some spots would be just a single rocky point or something like that, you know, so that you'd never spend that long on anyway, you know. Um, but yeah. It will, hold, it will hold a few fish, you know. I mean, there are times when, you know, maybe over a reef at high water, or, you know, or just after you know they're going to turn up are very likely and i mean the other issue for me is i've got if i've got some customers that are particularly mobile and they can't just you know run back up over the rocks to get back in the car even though sometimes i feel i want to move i just can't you know it's taking them a long time to get onto the mark i wanted them to fish on and and i don't have the heart to tell them no <laughs> no i don't know. like the look of it and, and like and yeah there there are times where you know, every year there'll be a, a really good session somewhere where I didn't expect it, where where we're just killing the last half hour before dinner and we stop off somewhere. And I think, well, we might get Eve's Spoolie here if we're lucky and you, you turn up on a shoal of bass. Oh, that brilliant. Happens, you know? Yeah, you can't beat that. that happens, yeah, unexpectedly. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're down near Waterville anyway, John, are you? Yeah, just, just outside Waterville. Um, so I fish from... I come back nearly as far as Kilorgan and down toward, I wouldn't go quite as far as Sneem. I have gone as far as Sneem, but I'd go beyond Derry Man down that way. So it's a fair length of coastline um, that I cover. You know, I wouldn't, within maybe an hour and a quarter drive either side of the house. I think beyond that is too far to drive people really to to spend sitting in the car when, they, when they've come to fish. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and if they're after a specific after maybe sea trip in the sea or something, then we'd go a little further to find a spot. But generally, I I um, wouldn't go much further than that. It often depends. It's, it's you know we we're on the west coast. We get some rough weather. We get some you know massive storms sometimes in the autumn, and sometimes you're just looking for a little corner of clear water, you know. And you might have to drive a long ways to find it, you know. Yeah, I remember looking on the map down there, and like you do, you do have kind of a, a lot of options there with regard weather and sheltered areas you can fish. You're kind of yeah, in a bit yeah, of a there, bay, there are aren't a few you? Spots you can, yeah, there are a few spots around that. Yeah, and I mean, there's certain spots that I would fish, particularly in the autumn, that only produce when it's really rough. They need a big storm to get for the fish to come in there, so they're a waste of time until you get five, six meter swells and maybe a 50 mile an hour wind and then they produce and they're the ones they're the real special marks to have because those are the days you really need it you know very interesting uh, yeah and would you like would you wait till that those conditions die down a bit and fish a couple of days after the storm is that it john well, no 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 that, don't, that would be fishing in the teeth of it in in right you know it would, these generally would be very sheltered places that are normally gin clear and you can see every grain of sand in the bottom and you know you just wouldn't expect a fish there in daylight hours anyway but when you get a big storm it creates currents you right, know big interesting, swells, yeah. currents and maybe washes out sand and seals or moves crab you know from under rocks and stuff and yeah they only they only fish in very very specific conditions i mean potentially you, could, you might get a single day when it's rough enough for them but usually you will particularly in the autumn okay um, that's that's good yeah. yeah so i mean so basically it's worth it's worth trying these spots that you probably yeah, wouldn't would think be, of they'd be, be sheltered places they wouldn't be the open coast 
because uh, you wouldn't be near, you wouldn't be able to safely able to go near the open coast. You know, when it really gets big, when the beaches are way too rough to go on, um, little, little quiet corners are always worth a try. You know, very very good. That's a great tip. Yeah, mm. and tell me, do you provide um, equipment and lures for? Yeah, I can people? do. I mean, a lot of people bring their own, but I would, I'd have at least four outfits or five for for people reasonably good rods and and you know, lures and everything so yeah i do uh, a lot of people bring their own if they don't i'd always have spares anyway so that we especially if we're driving any distance sometimes we'll be quite close to the cottage so yeah you know i don't need to bring much spare but if i'm going any distance i'll have at least one spare rod and reel and sometimes two if something gets broken which it does every year rods will get broken every year at least people are able to keep fishing you know yeah people yeah yeah drop something or fall over or a reel can malfunction something like that so and, yeah and, and tell we me we get some complete novices as well sometimes you know we have had people who've never touched the rod in life before on occasions yeah it's and what like, tell me tell me actually that was a question i was going to ask you like what what would the kind of you know best advice or how do you what would you say to somebody who was you know they're starting out they've never caught a bass before but how you know what would you say to them to give them the best opportunity to, to get um, something? I, I think a lot of people make the same mistakes if they you know they, they maybe read you know a fishing magazine or something they go out onto a beach starting off you first of all they probably either need to get up in the morning early depending on the time of year or go out late in the evening not necessarily into pitch dark but go be there when after the sun's gone down that's the first you know the middle of the day can be good but often you need to know exactly where to be yeah. Um, so, so you know, get out of your bed. <laughs> um, and I would say, um, you know, have some reasonable tackle. I think again, with with leaders too heavy or whatever, and um, yeah, fish around rocks and weed. Most well, well, bass. There are plenty of bass caught around and stuff like that. The vast majority of bass are caught near rock, yeah, uh, rock yeah. weed. So look for areas where there's a, a lot of shallow rocks. You know, I would say I would rarely have ever fish water over 10 feet, um, mostly three or four feet deep. And, um, yeah, and just once you get to spot, just keep it out there. Keep that lure going, you know, if it's very shallow and weedy, soft plastics or surface lure. Um, use use YouTube or whatever to find out how to how to work these lures. In fairness, there's a lot of very good videos. I look at some myself, you know. From different places to look for new techniques or see how people are doing things yeah definitely and i know there's, there's so much information out there and so many lures out there at the moment i think i think uh, you know a good idea is to you know just get a handful of lures don't don't go crazy buying a whole heap of lures get a handful of yeah. handful of lures and get used to using them be it a soft plastic or a shallow yeah. diving hard or even a surface well, lure and, and yeah cormac what i'd say is you need well you need you can catch a bass on anything but you probably there are a few types of lures so i would in if i was just bringing a few lures i would have a metal i mean i use the savage Geo seekers a lot but you know it doesn't have to be one of those but they are very good um a soft plastic get a do live stick or these gravity sticks or senkos work very well um that so a soft plastic lure a surface lure doesn't have to be particularly expensive but whichever one you like there's lots on the market not too big. Um, a shallow diving plug, uh, of which there are thousands. Yeah. That's the ones we carry the most, but a shallow diving plug, I think. And then um, uh, possibly a, like a 
paddle tail jig head. Yeah, uh, or a sandy lure minnow, or something. Which is an expensive one, but you can actually make up your own. You can buy some fish minnows, but uh, it, it does at times it does help to be bumped at the bottom, you know, um, and probably covers, you know, and you only need, you know, sort of, you, you know, to spend a lot of money to start off with. And look, we all like buying lures. I do it myself. Yeah. Uh, and and I wouldn't tell you how many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's, yeah. In the, it's in the thousands, but I mean, my excuse is that I, you know, have them for other people. But, but um, for research just, purposes, John. Your research purposes. But you do need that. You do need, you need a long casting metal. You, know, you need a surface layer. You've got to learn how to work a surface layer. And there's plenty tips about how to do it, but learn how to do it properly. Uh, and it takes time. Don't expect to be, I mean, be able to do it the first day or second or third day you go out. I mean, we've all been with people you've seen. I've seen others with surface lures who just catch and catch and catch and others who can't seem to get a bite on them, you know, and it's just technique. It's just, it's not the lure necessarily. It's just the technique. Um, it, yeah. Shallow divers are straightforward enough because you just cast them out and reel in. And the soft plastics, I think, is just, you know, using them in the, in the, in right, the right scenario. Places, they don't, yeah, they don't cast that far. So, you know, if your fish are a long ways out, if there's a bit of a long ways away from you, then it doesn't matter how realistic your lure is. If the fish don't get to see it, it's not going to catch. Yeah. Um, and that covers the vast majority of what you're doing. That's what I tend to carry all the time. And I, I just swap through them. And so I suppose the two things I would say when people go fishing is to, to just change lures. Make sure if you're on a rock or a mark or whatever you are, standing in a weed bed, go through five or six different styles of lures if you can if they're suitable obviously if you're in a weed bed you can't use anything with exposed trebles you might get away with a surface lure but um but saying that i mean things like the savage gear seekers i mean we'd fish those over shallow reef as long as you've got i would say well not even six inches to spare over the weed you can fish them and a foot is loads Excellent. Yeah, you can actually skim them across the surface sometimes. I like yeah, that as yeah, well, you yeah, know, but, in the estuaries. But, but get them, and sometimes on some of these shallow reefs, the fish can be a long ways out. You know, sometimes you expect them to come right into the shore, but sometimes they don't, and they can be out 60 yards, and all your soft plastics are no good to you. They won't reach them, but sometimes it's just a matter of hitting that distance. The trick there, of course, is the second they hit the water, you've got to get them moving. So you almost got to close the bail arm before the lure hits the water. Otherwise, you lose it. Okay, yes, yes. you got to keep it going, keep it moving. Don't you get a chance to settle going. into the weed. Yeah, your lure is landing somewhere where literally there's probably a, a foot or even a foot, often I'd say, of water over the weed. So you've got to watch the lure, and before it hits the water, bail arm over and start reeling. Um, and it might seem to be going incredibly quick, but, uh, you know, sometimes that's fine. Bass are very fast creatures when they need to be. Oh, you sure are, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, there's times you'd be thinking like, um, geez, maybe I'm retrieving too fast here. And that's that's something I find a lot of people, you know, especially novices, they do, they'll cast out the lure and they'll just horse it back in as quick as they can, you know. Yeah. Um, but saying that, I've seen bass move so fast after a lure, it's incredible, yeah. really. They can really move like when they want to. Yeah, well, sandios are very fast creatures. They're being shaped, so there's no trouble catching yeah yeah absolutely and do you have much availability this year john four spots if people are interested we're fairly full i think maybe late in the season uh we're fairly full i think we're we've got a lot of the same people back but but look if people i mean you'll get if you go on to the the, the internet you'll find our you know that's college fishing lodge and there's a, a contacts page there so we'll you know if we can fit people in we we will 
Ah, brilliant, John. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, is there any of the old school lures that you still use or is there any kind of ones that you're fond of um, still looking back? Like, you know, the likes of, oh, I don't know, like, the, you know, the German baits or the, you know, the abus or kilties yeah, or the old rapalas. The Storm Joint Thunderstick was a big one about 20 years ago. And, you know, the view at the time was if you didn't have that, it wasn't worth going fishing. Um it's still a very good lure. The problem is, by today's standards, it's a very bad caster. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's yeah. a great nighttime lure. Um, and uh, I do remember people talking about that you had to break them in. They didn't get the proper action. You'd fish them about 100 times. Right, like I'm loosen them sure up a bit. That, yeah. Yeah, loosen them up a bit. I'm not sure how true that was, but that was the, the view. But literally, the, like they were they were the lure to have. And I mean, the first bass I ever caught was on a Rebel, an American lure. A very that They still make them now. They look very old-fashioned. Um, a friend of mine, my bass fishing mentor, a guy from Cornwall called Malcolm Gilbert, um, he's been using them and he still uses them now and catches fish down in Cornwall in quite hard-fished areas. He catches fish in them. Brilliant, yeah. Wasn't uh, there a storm chug bug as well? Wasn't that one a surface lure? Now, the chug bug was something I never did. The bigger of the chug bugs, I never got on great with. Uh, other people used to catch some and I never. I still have them. They're still hanging around in hooks and places. Um, I never got angry with them. The smaller one, they brought in a smaller one then. I did a bit better with that. That's right. The original, yeah, yeah. original big one, I know other people caught on it, but, but saying that, I haven't probably tried that for a long time. Um, yeah, but, same but here. Yeah, no, other, than, other than that, no, not much. Most of them are left hanging up on a shelf somewhere. You know, in, in boxes never to be seen again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, know that's great, John. Look at, um, I really appreciate that, Chad. I really enjoyed that, and it's great to talk to you after after hearing yeah, so much about it. you. And um, hopefully, we'll get down to you someday and maybe do a bit of yeah, fishing. Yeah, would, would be great to see you. And we might catch up with you again, maybe towards the end of the year. See how your season went this year, and see how the guys got on with you as well. Um, yeah, cool. No problem at all. Happy to do that. Uh, that's great, John. Look, it's a pleasure chatting to you, and um, we'll see you soon. Okay, listen, talk to you. Take Thanks. it easy. Bye Thanks, now. John. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So I really hope you enjoyed that episode of the Lore Fishing Podcast with John Quinlan. John is just a wealth of knowledge and has years and years of experience bass fishing. And he had some great advice during that conversation. Again, I'd like to thank you all for the support. Please continue to share it amongst your friends. Follow on social media. Subscribe to the channel and hit notifications so that every new episode you will be informed of it. Until the next time, folks, tight lines.